David writes in to ask this, Dear Pastor John, I'm a 22-year-old single Christian in Singapore. How does a Christian single see and savor Christ as his all and ultimate satisfaction, yet have desires to be married? How do I reconcile my desires for marriage with my satisfaction in Christ? Right. The the first thing I want to say uh, to David is that the desire to be married, a good desire, is one of hundreds of desires that might compete with satisfaction in Christ. Desire to have a job when you don't have one. Desire to be free from cancer when you're sick. Desire no longer to be blind or disabled if you're disabled. Uh, Desire to have enough money to go to college when you don't. Uh, Desire to be tall instead of short. Um, In other words, the desire for marriage is not unique. It's not a unique challenge. I just don't want David to feel isolated like he's got a battle to fight that I don't have. (laughs) We, We all have desires that put us in the same battle for how does contentment or satisfaction in Christ relate to the the intensity of those desires from time to time. And, and the second thing I'd say is that we should probably remind ourselves that there are good desires and bad desires. The desire to be married is a good desire. The desire for adultery is a bad desire. The desire for um, food is a good desire. Gluttony is a bad desire. So David is is, uh, not dealing with the conflict between evil desire and good contentment in Jesus. I mean, he knows that, but I'm just making it clear for all the rest of us. Um, The question is, how does contentment, satisfaction in Jesus relate to good desires that, that tug at us and make us feel some measure of discontent? Are, are we contradicting our desire for and our delight in, in Jesus? It might be good to, to put a text on this issue of contentment or satisfaction because he's just cause kind of assuming it and maybe, maybe not everybody even thinks in those categories. So here's, here's Philippians 3.8. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. So Paul seems to have such a sweet experience of knowing Jesus, everything else pales by comparison. It's just loss. He's so uh, happy in his fellowship with Jesus. Or another one would be uh, at the end of Philippians in chapter 4, he says, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content or satisfied. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In every and and, and any circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need I can do all things, I can be satisfied in all circumstances through him who strengthens me. So clearly, Jesus gave Paul an amazing contentment. Uh, Those are amazing verses. We all just long to be like that. I do. But but here's something crucial. (laughs) Paul's contentment in Jesus in every circumstance did not make him passive, as though there was nothing in the world to change or nothing to pursue. Remember his incredible passion to preach the gospel to every uh, 
place and person that didn't have Christ named. I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named. He said, I I no longer have any room for work in these regions. I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain um, and get helped on my journey. So here's a man that seems driven. I mean, he wants to go to Spain. So why, why wouldn't we say, Paul, you don't sound very, you know, content in Jesus. Why, why wouldn't we say that? Um, Jesus doesn't make him passive in his uh, satisfaction in Jesus. He doesn't say, I have Jesus. I don't need to go to Spain. I don't need to risk my life to get the gospel to other people because I have Jesus. I have sweet fellowship. I'll sit under a tree, cross my legs like a, like a Buddha and, and let the world go to hell in a handbasket and I will be satisfied in Jesus. It, it simply doesn't. Satisfaction in Jesus doesn't work that way. Contentment in Jesus is not paralyzing. It's energizing. A person who is so content in Jesus, they have no desires to change anything in the world or to extend that contentment to others. They're not content in Jesus, not the Jesus of the Bible. the, The contentment Jesus gives is meant in this fallen world and probably for eternity to grow and grow and grow, to increase by expressing it. In, in risk-taking acts of love and by drawing others into it. It's the sort of contentment that gets bigger when it expands to include other people. So now back to marriage. What about marriage? So that's, that's all kind of foundation. Do you, here's my question. Do you want this for the sake of savoring and showing more of Christ? Will your enjoyment of a wife be an enlargement of your enjoyment of Christ? Will your enjoyment of Christ be enlarged by drawing a wife into it? Will her enjoyment of Christ be enlarged by drawing you into hers? Those are some of the ways that I would try to relate uh, our contentment in Christ to, as a single person, to, to marriage. Um, in reality, and, and this is where the rubber meets the road, I suppose, for, for him. In reality, the day-to-day experience will be a battle to, to rest in Christ and act for joy. Rest in Christ and act for joy. They feel intention often. There's no uh, quantification for this. I don't, I don't know how to give a, a quantity, like how much do you rest and how much do you quest, you know? You, you discover it in actual walking with Christ and telling him all you feel, asking him for all his help, all his wisdom, and about when to rest and when to act, and, and how to be restful in him even while acting. And so I think the last thing I could say is God's going to show you. <laughs> if you if you embrace that kind of understanding of contentment in Jesus, he'll show you how to how to weigh out the, the longings you have for marriage and, and how appropriate they are in expressing your longings for Christ. Thank you, Pastor John. And if you are not yet married, we have a couple of other episodes in the Ask Pastor John archive for you, including episode number 170, How Singleness is Good, 
In episode number 262, if my church lacks available singles, should I leave it? Also check out the very popular blog post written by our very own Marshall Siegel at our blog and website, desiringgod.org. Tomorrow we will look at a very frequent question we get in the Ask Pastor John email inbox. Do our loved ones in heaven look down on us? We'll hear Pastor John's thoughts on that tomorrow. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. Thank you for listening to the Ask Pastor John podcast.